Welcome to another edition of After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Outlaw platform. I want to thank all of you for joining me tonight. Tonight, my guest host is Heather Robinson of the New York Post. And we're going to be talking about, of course, all things Israel and what's happening there with Hamas. We're also bringing back to take part in this conversation, Sammy Steigman, who was on last week. And he shared with us, he is a Holocaust survivor. Parents were in the Holocaust. And as you all are aware, this past weekend was Holocaust Remembrance Day. We did a story with him on last week, and there was a bit of a controversy as to the headline that our editors chose to go with. So spoke with Heather about it, spoke with Sammy about it, and I thought it would be best if we were to bring him on so that we could clear this up. Now, on first sight, when you're looking at the headline, I want to call it up here because we've since altered the headline. Uh, The headline that they went with was, it's all distorted. It's Israel who are the Nazis and the Palestinians who are like the Jews, Sam Stegman. Now, Stegman, I'm sorry. So when you look at that, the first thing you'll say is, wait a minute. Are they saying that the Israelis are Nazis? But this was part of a, a quote that the editors took from our interview that needed more clarification, more clarity. Because when you look at the quote and you look at it, the entire thing as to what he was saying, and I'm going to read that to you also, you'll see that there was a whole lot more that was part of the discussion. And here it is here. Okay, and this was uh, this is what Sammy said. So you know, in this, this distorted telling, distorted telling, is Israel who are the Nazis and the Palestinians who are like the Jews. So you know, it's is a current problem. It's a distortion. But when you read the headline, you would think he was saying that the Israelis were Nazis, and that's not it at all. He was saying the whole matter has been distorted to make it seem that way. So I wanted to bring him back on so that he could provide the clarity in his own words. Now, again, we ran it with the headline, but once we saw it, I called the editor back and I said, you know, this isn't flying over well and it lacks context. And so can we can we alter that headline? Uh, now that in hindsight, I'm thinking about it, I'm like, you know, maybe we should have left it the way it was so that Sammy could come back on and discuss what he meant when he made those comments. Again, there was a lot more to the conversation than what you were reading. So Sammy, I'm glad you you agreed to come back on tonight, which is Tuesday night, to talk to us about this. And I'm gonna say also that I caught you on Newsmax. So your, uh, your interview there was rather interesting interview and it was some of the same things that you had said to us previously, what your mission in life was to educate. And one of the things you mentioned because the kids that are coming out of our top universities, unfortunately, they're not being educated. And if they are, we're letting loose a group of idiots that are completely oblivious as to what's happening or what has happened in Israel and Hamas. So, Sammy, thank you for coming on. How are you tonight? Thank you for reinviting me. I'm very happy to hear that. Uh, first of all, if you have uh, the clip from Newsmax, I would appreciate that you send me, but uh, <laughs> because I don't have it. But anyway. Uh, but I do not call anybody Nazis. I have never called even Hamas Nazis. I specifically 
tell people not to make comparisons to what happened in the past. I don't know how that quote came up. I have never said that. I have never, okay, ever said, okay, that uh, IDF is like the Nazis. I, I don't know. Uh, it's a complete distortion. All I can tell you, and I'm going to say it again, okay, that IDF, okay, is the only military in the world that is putting its own people at risk to save so-called innocent Gazans. In my opinion, there are no innocent Gazans. They have voted for Hamas. In October 7th, they cheered for them. In Jordan, they opened up a restaurant called October 7th. Okay? So this is not just about the uh, war in Hamas. Uh, the war in Hamas is not against the Palestinians. Okay? They're giving them opportunities to leave the areas where they are going okay, to try to kill and destroy Hamas, the combatants. People have forgotten that they are there about 35,000 militants. So far, during the war, they've been able okay, to kill less than one-third, only 9,000. Okay? This is a war of, uh, okay, extremely difficult. They have 1,300 tunnels. Okay? I think the longest tunnel is four kilometers. Okay? This is a real long, long, prolonged war. So, uh, again, I'm going to try to say the war is against the terrorists, and people have to understand that Israel is fighting not only for its own existence, but it's in the forefront to save the West. Because if they are able to control okay, and destroy Israel, they will not stop there. They will go to Europe. They will go all over. Okay, And that's why we have and especially the United States, must, okay, uh, help Israel with ammunition, replenish, and everything else. The other thing that uh, I do want uh, to say is that, unfortunately, I don't know why, but Biden is pushing a two-state solution. There is no two-state solution. There is only one-state solution. That is Israel or Okay, the Palestinians. With the Palestinians, there will be no Jews there. Okay, so let's forget about it. Why he pushes for that, I have no idea. Why he became, uh, quote-unquote, pro-Palestinian, I have no idea. It is absolutely beyond my comprehension. Well, let me, ask you this, let me ask you this, Sammy, uh, because if you would think back, when, his, when Hillary Clinton was running for president, she also came and said uh, the two-state solution, and we've seen that to be pushed, but Hamas has come out and said that there is no solution here. They want Israel to be gone. They don't want Israel in the region. That's so in, why that's in, the, it's in their charter, the, the destruction of Israel. It's in their charter. 
They don't recognize it in the state of Israel. And it's unfortunate because Israel is willing to work with them, as we established uh, a week ago when you came on, that they left the Gaza Strip in 2005 and left the Gaza Strip in perfect condition. And then in came Hamas and was voted into office as a government. They were quiet all this time. And then October 7th happened. And we see that it was for naught. This was this was their intent all along. And to find out, I don't know if you heard about this, Sammy and Heather, that the UN just fired some of the staff members of, with this group, UNRWA, United Nations Relief and Workers Agency, that was apparently providing aid, supposed to be providing aid to help different groups relief. But instead, they were working with Hamas and in fact, they had hostages. Did you guys read about that? Well, they, yes. they, yeah, what they did is they fired nine out of 12. I can't believe it. And all along, we saw that the United, the UN was saying that Israel should cease fire, but no one was ever saying that Hamas should cease fire. No one was saying that Hamas should release the hostages. I read somewhere that there was a baby that was held has been held hostage since October 7th. It turned a year old as a hostage. Correct. Now, we hope the Correct. child is still alive, but we don't know. But how could people be so without sympathy and demand the release of this child? And well, as Golda Meir said, Heather, you had quoted her saying that, and I might get this wrong, if they love their children as much as they hated us. It's just mm -hmm. astonishing that yeah. our young people today are completely clueless of the history. They're clueless as to Israel always being there. Israel just didn't start with the European. They have been in the Middle East for thousands of years. And this yes. is not being taught in our schools. And I think, Sammy and Heather, that is the reason why we see the hate in the streets and that's the reason why i wanted to invite you back on so that you could give further clarity to that statement the headline that we went with but going back to what i was saying heather did you read about that group onra what are your well, thoughts yes, and I, i've been writing about them rob since i first started in journalism in college 25 years ago i was writing about onra they've been brainwashing children for decades now uh, there's a great organization called Palestinian Media Watch, um, um, PMW.org, I believe, that has been translating the contents of Palestinian media, including the textbooks, um, there, some of the Christian uh, TV stations years ago went undercover and got video of the teachers brainwashing these kids, telling them, you know, math problems of this Jew plus that Jew. Uh, is hiding. How many dead Jews do you have if you kill them? I mean, this hatred was interwoven in every form of instruction. It was um, completely uh, intermingled with, it was the educate the so-called education. These are UN schools. And this is really an old story, Rob. The sad thing is it's been known Really, anyone with any kind of intellectual honesty acknowledges that even Hillary Clinton 
who I know we're not a big fan of here, but I remember she held a congressional subcommittee hearing on this subject about 20 years ago. Even she was concerned about it. She had the copies of the textbook. She laid it all out. I was in Washington, D.C. at the time, and I remember it. Um, so this is not, not it's not that there, nobody knows about this. I can't explain to you why the Democrats in this country continue to fund this brainwashing machine, UNRWA. Uh, you know, UNRWA is a self-serving, corrupt it's just an evil force. They brainwash kids. They teach hatred. They teach intolerance. They don't teach any two-state anything. They teach that Israel needs to be destroyed. This is the Palestinian home. Everyone who lives in Israel needs to be pushed into the sea. And this is funded, I, I believe, the Palestinians are the largest per capita recipients of international aid in human history. They have their own... Um, their own UN agency dedicated strictly to them, tons of money. I mean, I don't know the exact figures offhand, but billions of dollars have been poured into this region. And a lot of it is for this so-called education. So it's not that nobody knows. I think it's just that it's, it's, a, it's a bureaucracy. It's in place. Um, I, I, I'm really at a loss to explain why. I know that Trump cut off their funding when he was president. But then Biden reversed that and they were getting money again, you know, for UNRWA schools. And it's it's uh, uh, it's unconscionable. And one thing that I really hope and trust will happen out of all of this horror is that when whatever the plan is for Gaza, um, I, I know Netanyahu made a statement that no child will be brainwashed again there. That enough is enough. This finally stops. Uh, personally, I, I don't know that you can uh, change minds of an enemy that's uh, completely consumed with hate until that enemy is defeated. Uh, I believe very much that, sad as it is, I think the reality is fanaticism can only be broken. It can't be uh, changed by persuasion. And I think we saw this in World War II. Uh, we saw fanatical Nazis and Japanese, and it would be so much better had they surrendered earlier. Believe me, I, I know we all feel that way. Nobody wanted to see children die in, in Dresden or Berlin or Hiroshima or Nagasaki. But we know that their, their leaders were committed to an evil, fanatical path. They would not surrender their genocidal position um, even for the sake of the, the, the innocent pe people that, and I do think there are, I think the innocent people there are the children, you know, and I know Sammy agrees with me there. I, I know what he's saying. I don't know how innocent uh, the adults are in Gaza. Uh, I don't have a lot of illusions. I think most of them would probably cut us up in a thousand pieces just because we're Jews. But I mean, a child is a child anywhere. And I sincerely hope for the sake of those children and it breaks my heart. I feel very sad, first of all, for our Jewish children, number one, you know, who are innocent, being held captive, being brutalized, maimed, mutilated. And I feel sorry for these Palestinian children, too. They're children, you know, and this is the shame. The shame is their, their leader's insistence on making evil choices again and again and again. And that's what the world needs to understand. That's who needs to be defeated 
the spirits of this so-called leadership must be crushed. They must be crushed so that their evil can be replaced with something better. And I've always said that we have to crush them out. We have to completely annihilate this evil force. Hamas, this evil force that has taken place. And for people to side with them, thinking that they are siding with the Palestinians, that's just not true. When I see the protest here in New York City and people are saying that, no, we support the Palestinians, it's like, that's just not true. Yeah, you know, I I don't mean to interrupt, but, you know, relevant, Rob, I've seen some videos recently uh, of some Palestinians who are adults who, you know, and of course they're in the midst of a war and they want to live and all that. But I've seen several videos, and Sammy, I don't know if you've seen this, of, of them saying to his Israeli soldiers, um, look, you know, I'm not Hamas. Hamas wouldn't let us leave. They fired on us. I'm a, I'm a can- I own a candy store. I'm a waiter. I'm this, I'm that. I don't have any interest in these politics. I want to live, but Hamas wouldn't let me live. I mean, they didn't go as far as to say, we're glad you're here, Israel, but they were explaining that uh, and maybe it's true maybe there are some people there who are effectively hostage themselves i you know i can't speak to that exactly but i have seen videos i saw one video of an elderly woman very brave and she was saying uh it was an arab uh, tv station interviewing her and she was saying uh yeah they wanted her to say the standard thing bad israel and are you you're starving thanks to israel she said it's hamas who's stealing all the food all the relief that comes in here hamas takes it and you know what if they shoot me they shoot me i'm an old woman i'm telling you the truth i saw that i saw and let me just say this because we're up against a commercial break i saw that and we heard the same thing on 9 11 when you had muslims coming out saying denouncing the actions that were taking place by the hijackers now we're up against a commercial break but when we come back i want to get both of your thoughts mainly your thoughts sammy on the job that Benjamin Netanyahu is doing, the, the current prime minister. You're listening to After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. My co-host tonight is Heather Robinson, and our guest is Sammy Steichen. We'll be back after this break. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out americaoutloud.shop. Look for ASEA 
Cell Signaling Molecules Liquid Supplement, and check out Nurse Michelle's recent favorite ASEA product, Renew 28 Revitalizing Redox Gel, because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when I broke my hip. Give it a try for your aches and pains and let Nurses Out Loud hear how your health has improved. Lean, pure, with premium ingredients, Global Healing's Pure Plant Protein offers 20 grams of protein per scoop, and it's a perfect way to maintain and build lean muscle while indulging yourself. It combines enzymes and probiotics to maximize nutrient absorption, improving digestion, and your gut health. Available in vanilla and chocolate flavors, elevate your protein consumption while supporting your overall wellness with Pure Plant Protein. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD, Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. So we're back with After Dark with Rob and Andrew. And when we went to break, I had mentioned to my co-host, Heather, and our guest, Sammy, that I wanted to get their thoughts on the current prime minister and the job that he's doing. I mean, he's under a lot of pressure to eradicate Hamas from the region and at the same time limit the civilian lives, which is very difficult knowing that Hamas is purposefully putting civilians in the line of fire and hiding behind them so that they can come out and say, oh, look at what they did. They killed all these people. And we know that's just not true. And when you're working with unfortunately, a a dishonest media who won't report the truth, who refuses to report the truth, who refuses to put things into context, you have people who are not aware of the region who will jump in that bandwagon because they already assume that Israel is the bad guy, and they will run with this distorted narrative. There we go again with that word distortion. They run with it. So I want to get your thoughts on the job that you both think that the current prime minister is doing. What are your thoughts? Sammy, you go first. What are your thoughts on Benjamin? Well, he is probably one of the best speakers that uh, in the world. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, what's happening uh, right now for the first time, uh, he decided to stand up, okay, to President Biden uh, a little bit late but uh, better later than never, uh, okay? Uh, he told Biden unequivocally that uh, there will be no two-state uh, uh, solution. Uh, a lot of the uh, Israelis until October 7 that believed, okay, or wanted to believe in a two-state solution, right now, okay, don't believe in it. Uh, I want to quote something that uh, the uh, former ambassador, uh, American ambassador to Israel, uh, David Friedman, uh, said on TV. Uh, uh, And he said that Biden's suggestion for a Palestinian authority to take charge of Gaza, uh, this is quote unquote, Maybe they are the best of the worst, but they are still bad. I don't trust them. They are pretty corrupt. A Palestinian state will be 
a terror state. So uh, when I'm talking about BB, uh, I hope so, okay, that he will not cave in and he will uh, complete the mission, okay, of annihilating, destroying Hamas so they can never come back. And that's what needs to happen. Heather, what are your thoughts on Bibi? Netanyahu. Sammy said it all very well. I, I, I mean, I would only add that uh, my heart does go out to Netanyahu. Uh, I think that people in these terrible situations like to blame daddy is what I say. You know, they like to blame our leaders, a lot of people. And I'm not saying that there isn't space for criticism of, of perhaps of him, of the security apparatus. I don't know enough to know that. But I do think that <laughs> at once people, and I, I speak mainly of the left in Israel, want, um, they want this war, you know, fought very tenderly, meaning they don't want any Palestinian civilians to get hurt. They don't, they, they're, you know, very squeamish about going hard. Uh, you know, people here in America elected Joe Biden, who turned the faucets of money back on to Iran and to uh, the UNRWA, like we just discussed. So I, I, I feel like you can only blame the leadership so much when you, as the voters, do not authorize them to get tough with terrorists. I have a... Um, I, yeah. We talk about we talk about how the people in uh, Gaza voted for Hamas. Well, I mean that's horrible. But I also think when people in the West vote for weak leaders, it's not as bad as voting for Hamas. But it is voting for leadership that's not going to go on the offense against terrorism. So then, when something horrible happens, I mean, I'm not saying it's I'm not blaming the victim. I'm not saying it's our fault. I'm just saying. There is, I think, a hypocrisy in, you know, demonizing the stronger leaders for fighting hard against the true enemies of, of peace and of life. But you can't, I mean, I think maybe I'm going to go out on a limb here. I can't prove this, but my guess is that part of why this happened was the left. I think that they were making things very different difficult in Israel with all this taking to the streets over judicial reform. Some of, I, I understand even some of our Israeli soldiers, some of the, some of the soldiers, I think walked off the job. You can correct me, Sammy, but no, I think that's, there that's were incorrect. Some... That's incorrect. And I want to make a statement. Okay. Uh, number one, for instance, there are a lot of Israelis right now that are supporting the parents of the hostages. They are blocking the streets and everything else. They are forgetting that Hamas is willing to release the hostages. But the conditions are absolutely unacceptable. They want Israel to completely, okay, okay, withdraw, okay, to stop the war, all right, and to release all of the terrorists that are in the Israeli prisons. And at the same time, they don't understand that if Israel accepts that, okay, to release the hostages, and I understand their pain, 
basically they are letting Hamas to govern and to stay in power. So uh, there is a very famous saying, all of you know it, your audience knows it, the road to hell is paved with good intention people. So we have to understand, okay, that Hamas is playing a psychological war. And so far, they are winning, and they left the parents uh, as much as they're grieving, and the people that are supporting them, okay, are doing a disservice, okay, to the Bibi, to the government, to the IDF, to everybody else. So it's uh, unfortunate, but that's what's happening. Uh, so uh, I have to be uh, very clear about it, that... Uh, I think I said what I had to say. So what do you think needs to happen here? I mean, because, like you said, Hamas, they seem to be winning this propaganda war with people thinking that Israel is to blame. And then you have the West, Joe Biden, secretly wanting Israel to cave and to just stop. And if they were to stop, it's like it's to their detriment because they don't want Israel in the region. They don't want a two-state solution. I don't care how many times Biden talks about it, and they might say, yeah, let's do it, but we know their intent is to get rid of Israel. It's in their charter. They don't like the Israelis. And it's yeah. not as if though they like their own people because they will go out and kill their own people. Look at what they're doing yeah. to the Palestinians. Now, I just want to make a correction that maybe I miss, uh, uh, I didn't hear it properly. But Heather mentioned that uh, basically they were quiet until October 7th. They were not quiet because they, okay, how many times did they send rockets into Israel? 3,000, 5,000, 7,000, okay? So basically Israel never wanted to go inside. They knew that they would lose a lot of people. They never wanted to do. October 7th, what did force the Israeli hand to go in. And right now, it's okay, they are fighting for their existence. This is not anymore a skirmish. Take a look, for instance, at what's happening in Judea and Samaria. Okay, uh, take a look, for instance, at uh, what's happening in Lebanon. Uh, take a look, uh, for instance, in Jordan. Supposedly, we are at peace with them. They opened up a uh, restaurant. Uh, calling October 7th. It is unreal. Okay, so people uh, are brainwashed and they want to believe what they want to believe and they do not look at the entire picture. Okay, they believe that, uh, you know, humanitarian concept. Okay, but I have never heard of, okay, that, uh, for instance, uh, in any war, United States in uh, Japan, okay, when it happened in uh, Berlin. Nobody talked about collateral damage was against it. That was part of the war, if you want to destroy the enemy, okay? And Israel has opened up corridors to leave from the north, to go to the south, are opening now, okay, corridors for them to leave closer to the uh, the uh, Egyptian border. Okay, so Israel is doing everything possible to save, okay, their lives at the expense of their own people. So uh, 
Israel will never win. That's my personal opinion. Will never win the PR. Okay, they are not as good. The media is against them. The UN is against them. So uh, Israel has to ignore what people say and do what they must do. Okay, for their own people to save their own people. I agree with you completely, and I've always said that because we know that the media is completely on the side of these hawkish individuals that are against Israel. We saw this with Barack Obama, his dislike for Benjamin Netanyahu. And it's really unfortunate. And we see that Trump, no better friend, I think, that Israel has had other than Donald Trump, who moved the capital back to Jerusalem. And people said, oh, it can't happen. It's not going to happen. Oh, it's going to open up World War II, World War III, another world war that they were looking for. And then he even got the Saudis and uh, the Israelis to agree that the first plane landed in Saudi Arabia. Well, this is what the Trump administration did. The Biden administration have done absolutely nothing but been contentious and allow this to consist, to continue. Look at what they did with Iran. As soon as Biden got into office, he, oh, we're going to give Iran back all this money. And what did Iran turn around and do? They turned around and they funded Hamas. They're uh, funding the Houthis. And then we learned just this weekend that three servicemen were killed due to an attack by Iran. And 27 other individuals were injured. Will the media report on it? Will the media call this out? No, the same way they won't call out the failed withdrawal from Afghanistan. And that is a reason why I say, this is my opinion, and I feel that my opinion holds true, that the media in its current state is not a functioning free media. Instead, it is a propaganda arm of the Democrat Party, and it has to be held accountable because they are very destructive in our society. To allow this to continue. They're propagating all these lies. Misinformation. Talk about misinformation. It's coming from the left-wing media. Yeah. We need a free press that will hold them accountable. Go ahead, Heather. I don't mean to break in, but you know, I did want to mention one point. What I was trying to say before, I want to clarify, I, I don't mean to blame the victim. I'm not saying any Israeli is, a, is responsible for the horrors that Hamas unleashed. But what I was trying to say is that I think Israel was in a very fractured state prior to this over this judicial reform issue. Um, and, you know, you talk about the media, Rob, and the way reporting distorts things and can be an enemy of the people. And you know, I don't believe the answer is legislating media out of existence. But I do think it's important to clarify what I was trying to say is that, by the way, there were Israeli military reservists protesting against Bibi's judicial overhaul plan. And they, they thousands of them did stop reporting for duty. This was in August 2023. I'm looking at uh, Reuters. Um, it was mostly Air Force pilots, navigators whose absence from weekly refresher flights means that by next month they may no longer qualify for combat. As Israel I'm faces, I'm potential- sorry to interrupt you, hey, Heather. I'm sorry to interrupt. I want to clarify one thing: these were pilots mm-hmm. that were retired. Okay. Well, they were reservists. They, they were reservists, okay. meaning. Well, meaning, Sammy, that if they had been called up, they would have had to fight. They were not elderly people. They were reservists. 
Okay. So they were in they were in the reserves in a full mobilization. They would have been eligible, I believe. And Netanyahu was very angry about this, and he, you know, he told them that that this was not acceptable. And it did, you know, it did calm down. And I'm not saying that, it, you know, I'm not trying to blame them for what happened, but I am pointing out that. I think the left, both here in America and in Israel, has the tendency to point to the other side when they talk about divisiveness. You know, they tend to blame the conservatives for being divisive. I'm just saying that it's not only the conservatives who were divisive here. Um, I would argue that the left in Israel was even more so. I mean, it's one thing to take to the streets and to protest, it's another thing to, you know, fail to report for military service. And I, you know, I have to correct you there, my friend, they, some of them did, they did. And so I'm just saying, I think when you talk about Netanyahu and criticism of him, one thing I think has been unfair is that I think the media in Israel, the very leftist media has presented the story to the world as if, you know, Netanyahu is trying to override the will of the people. Okay, but in actuality, you know, he was elected by a, a narrow margin, but he was democratically elected. And he, you know, his position has been that his, his judicial reform effort reflected the will of the majority in Israel. So it was actually, you know, according to him, a vocal minority, a, a hard left, you know, and it spread. But I think probably it spread because it wasn't being accurately reported. It wasn't, you know, it's very complicated. Israel's courts and the way it's structured is very complicated. I'm not sure I totally understand it, but Netanyahu himself has argued that what he and his coalition were trying to do was to limit what is a, an unchecked power. The judiciary in Israel has... The judges have power to keep appointing more judges, and they tend to appoint ultra-liberal judges, and apparently there's no check on that. So Heather, I want you to hold that thought. Always... Heather, hold that thought, because yeah. I want to take it up on the other side of the break. We're up against another commercial break. You're listening mm -hmm. to After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. And when we return, I want Heather to go back and to explain the court system as best she can in Israel. We'll be back after this commercial break. Many voices, one freedom, united in the First Amendment. Our goal is to herald the voice of genuine liberty at AmericaOutloud.news. A place where you'll find the naked truth expressed with a patriotic heart. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio, liberty and justice for all. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. 
oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. We're back for the last half of the show. And when we went to break, as we always do, we always have a discussion during the commercial break as to what we had spoken about previously. And Sammy was sharing with Heather some information that he had heard from his contacts on the ground in Israel. And then Heather was sharing with us what she had been reading from reputable uh, news sources, uh, the Wall Street Journal, as well as Reuters. So we're, we're just trying to put all this together because it's happening so quickly. And we want to make certain that we're giving you and making you aware as to what's happening. Heather, you want to take it from there? Well, I was just looking back. I mean, this is all a little bit in the past, but it was you know, somewhat shortly prior to October 7th, in August 2023, I'm looking at an article in the Wall Street Journal about these um, reservists, who Israeli reservists who declined to report for duty because they disagreed with Netanyahu's political efforts to reform the judiciary. So, you know, my point was simply, and, and Sammy was saying that, you know, his sources told him these were not um, active duty uh, fighters, that these were re- retired men. I think the truth may be somewhere in between. I mean, here this this uh, article talks about an instructor, uh, Colonel Nassim Yogev, this is the Wall Street Journal, spent 25 years as a combat flight navigator in the Air Force. He's quoted as saying, the flight school will probably be okay without me, but I cannot be okay with myself as long as continue things continue this way. So he he did not go to be a teacher last week, following through on a threat from thousands of volunteer military reservists like him to suspend their service after Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's coalition passed the first part of an effort to limit the power of the Supreme Court. So, you know, what I mean, Sammy may be correct that these weren't the active duty, you know, pilots at the front of the line. I, I don't know, but there, the, 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 my point generally is that there was a huge effort by the Israeli left to protest. They disagreed with Netanyahu's position on reforming the judiciary, but what I'm saying is it's one thing to disagree. It's one thing to even take to the streets. It's another thing to report, fail to report to your military service. Yeah, you know, And I don't agree with that. I think that was wrong. And I think that um, sometimes my larger point is that when a society is fractured, it's weakened. And I, I humbly submit that, I mean, I hate to, I, I think here in America and in Israel, there's a tendency on the part of leftists, they, they say they reject divisiveness and fracturedness, but they don't look at their own selves. They don't look at, they don't tend to look at themselves as generating and escalating that divisiveness. You know, they point to the right because they disagree, whether it's Donald Trump's uh, sort of obstreperous personality or BB taking this initiative. But to me, the more egregious form of divisiveness is to, you know, fail to defend your country um, 
I don't think personally that anything Benjamin Netanyahu is doing is as divisive as that. And at any rate, I think that, that Israel definitely was in a vulnerable position uh, prior to October 7th. And I don't think it's only the fault of the right, is my point. Well, I'll say this, just speaking of people failing to uh, stand up when it's their turn to call to duty, I would submit to you, and I've said this all along, I think I even mentioned this on last night's show with Andrew, that if America were to go to war, I seriously doubt that a lot of our men and women who are so woke would be ready to bear arms, pick up arms, and defend this country. We see right now at our border, we have military-aged men coming across and we were told that these are helpless women and children, but these are grown men coming from all over, from China, a large influx from China, from the Middle East, from Africa. What is this all about? Now, if they were to take up arms against the country, who's going to defend us? Do we think the woke group is going to come out and defend us? No, they'll be afraid that they're going to break a nail. And I don't mean to be funny about it, but let's just be serious. Our recruiting numbers are already down. So do we right. actually think these people are going to be prepared to fight for this country when we have just about decimated the military thanks to Joe Biden and his woke generals, letting everybody and right. anyone in the army? And what are, they, what are they going to offer them? A drag show? Drag hour? We're at, right, critical, right. We're, we're at a critical moment in this country. And it is time yeah, for us to turn it around. Mm -hmm. It is time for us to wake up and stop all the nonsense. And I say to mm -hmm. them, do what you got to do to defeat Hamas. Because if you don't, as Sammy said, they're going to come after us next. And you have all these kids in the streets trying to protest. Do you think that they're going to pick up arms? Absolutely not. But you know who will, Heather? You know who will, Sammy? The people that they're calling white supremacists, the people in the South, their sons and their daughters will be the first to stand up and fight for this great country. While these other knuckleheads are sitting there saying, oh, you're white supremacist, oh, you're this, or you're that. The hell with them all. It is time that we wake up and start being for real. Start being real men. Let's bring real men back. I'm tired of these weak beta males who are all talk, all mouth. And when it's time to get out there and do something, they don't want to do it. So at least Benjamin Netanyahu, he is, try he is trying to save his people. He's trying to save a nation. He's trying his best not to allow what happened and Nazi Germany to be repeated again. While Biden, who doesn't know if it's day or night, is being led around like a puppet, thanks to Anthony Blinken, who doesn't know what's happening. They're clueless. And then we have our Secretary of Defense out of commission. No one knew where he was. What kind of government do we have here? This is appalling. And then we want to go and try to tell the prime minister of Israel how to run this war. We want to tell him what he should and shouldn't do. Yeah, people, we do. Well, serious? I mean, the gall to be so yeah, try to tell them, Heather. Is he going to tell us to get out of Ukraine and Russia after a two-year quagmire where how many people have been killed? Probably for nothing. If we had just stayed out of that one, that would have been over a long time ago. It wasn't a genocide. It, I mean, it was about borders and territory and power, not in our part of the world. But, you know, we felt it was incumbent upon us to 
pour hundreds of billions of dollars in weapons into that protracted quagmire. Meanwhile, we're dictating to Israel, who were viciously attacked and defending their existence, who have a much more specific and um, achievable end game in their war, we're telling them to stop. But we, we can just keep funding war forever with no end in sight. It doesn't make Which a whole I, lot of sense. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. We're giving money, and then they want to tie money. We're not going to give Israel any money unless we give to Ukraine. And what the heck is Ukraine doing? We all, we all knew that this war in Ukraine was going to last indefinitely. Uh, while they were telling us, oh, they're going to knock Putin out. Oh, they're going to do this. They kept telling us this is what's going to happen. This is this, it's that. And we're still in it. We're still defending their borders, but we don't want to defend the borders of the United States. We don't want Israel to defend their borders. We want Israel to put down their weapons. Yeah. Yet, still, we want Ukraine to keep going. As I said in the first block, Israel should do what they need to do. As Sammy said, they don't need to stop until the mission is accomplished. Because if they fail, if Israel fail, look out, America, it's coming our way. They are coming our way. Don't think that all these protests that we see on the street, that they're saying, oh, this is good. No, no, no. We're the infidels. They don't care about us. Let's just speak truth to power. Let's just stop trying to pretend as if they'll, oh, well, you know, this is what, no, uh-uh, absolutely not. They have told us what they're going to do. You look at what happened on October 7th when they were laughing and they were celebrating. And as Sammy said, over in uh, Jordan, they have a restaurant that they opened up called October 7th. These people, when they show you who they are, believe them. We've got to stop thinking otherwise. We've got to stop thinking, oh, there's a sunny day. There is no sunny day. They want to annihilate Israel. They don't want Israel there. They don't care about a two-state solution. It's them or nothing else. Plain and simple. We need to accept the harsh reality. Sammy, what do you say? Well, uh, you said uh, whatever had to be said. There is not much I can uh, add uh, to it. Uh, if uh, BB does not uh, and the IDF do not accomplish uh, their mission, uh, all of the people that died is for naught. That's all I'm saying. So right now, it's uh, all or nothing. There is nothing in between, in my opinion. Israel has to be victorious. They have to be, and the United States needs to get behind them and, and make certain will, that they're victorious. And you know something? In every generation, they try to annihilate us. In every generation. Okay? We have always prevailed, uh, you know, and uh, I have a message. Uh, we will win. There is no question in my mind. And uh, I have a message for the world. We are here to stay, whether you like it or not. What changed? What do you guys think changed over time with this relationship with the United States and Israel? What changed? Why did it, how did we get here that we would forget so quickly about the Holocaust, other than, like we said, identified during the previous show, and then the first block, the lack of education, and your mission, Sammy, is to educate and to make people aware so that they don't forget. But why do we find ourselves here yet again? You would think that the atrocities of the Holocaust, we would say we would never forget. But when you have on university campuses, when you have professors 
who are deniers, right out deniers, and they're teaching these kids that it didn't exist when we see that it did exist. It's just, I can't, as I said before, when you forget history, you're doomed to repeat it. And I know people hear that over and over again, but it is so true. When you forget, look at how we forgot about our freedom. Look at what's happening in the United States. We're forgetting. They want us to forget what happened in 9-11. During the anniversary of 9-11, the media didn't even want to talk about it. They don't even want to talk about it, teach about it at schools. How could we be so simple-minded to forget something that is so important to our survival? And then we see it almost being repeated again. What are your thoughts, Heather? What are your thoughts, Sandy? Sammy, you want to go first? You're the educator. Okay, well, uh, uh, I'm going to uh, tell you something and go back into history. Uh, I don't know if you remember, okay, the missile crisis in Cuba, 1961, uh, when Kennedy uh, told Khrushchev, okay, take out the missiles. Okay, Khrushchev said, we don't have any missiles in Cuba. He said, okay, I will start World War III. Okay, Khrushchev took out the missiles. Somehow he found them. But he said something that we have to understand. And Khrushchev said, as a matter of fact, we do not have to fight militarily the United States. They will destroy themselves. And with the propaganda, okay, little by little, it took 60 years to come to the point that we are today. It will be a long haul, a long time, until we can turn the tide. But I've always been an optimist. I am an optimist. And I firmly believe that right now, the pendulum is at a very uh, wrong place. But in time, in educating the next generation, okay, the pendulum will swing back, okay, to the middle. And this will be a better, kinder, more compassionate world. So... uh, Maybe not everybody will agree with me, but I'm a firm believer in it because there have been many, many circumstances that the world was in the wrong place and eventually it came back. But, okay, it's not going to be instant and uh, this generation, okay, is a program. Uh, This uh, particular generation is indoctrinated. So we have to start with the young people. And that's why I start with fourth graders. They are not young to learn about what happened. And the Holocaust must be told forever and ever. It's not about the pain that people went through. Okay, because I believe everybody that goes through a trauma for that person, that is extremely painful. What we have to talk is how was it possible that ordinary people from Germany, from Europe, from other countries, found that not only accepted, but required to annihilate only one group of people, the Jewish people. And uh, we have to understand, okay, that if we don't stand up, okay, to injustice, okay, 
the left or whoever it is, the haters and everything else, they will test us. And if we don't respond appropriately and in time, they will push the envelope further and further. So uh, there is a virus, I think I said it last week, that can never be eradicated. And that is the virus of bullying, bigotry, Jew hatred, anti, uh, I mean hate, ideology, racism. It will always be there, depends on the technology, depends on the time that uh, you will live. However, there is only one okay, way that we can combat that particular virus, and that is only through education. And again, I'm going to say education, education in the media. Without the media, nothing will be accomplished at this particular stage. I don't know later, but at this particular stage, the media is complicit that, that we are where we are today. And Heather, what are your thoughts on these last closing moments that we have? A couple of seconds, if you could share your thoughts briefly with us. Just, it's good to hear Sammy's optimism. And maybe out of this horror, maybe there can be the beginning of re-education, true education, of starting with the people of Gaza. Maybe they can have a brighter future if that leadership is annihilated, and maybe that can be the, the gateway to um, a better time in the world. Wouldn't that be great? It would be, if we could all come together and realize the issues and work to solve them, as opposed to having the animosity that we have now and the hatred. And as Sammy mm-hmm. said, education, 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 and starting young, getting to those young minds, which is a mind that the left so far have been successful and getting to because of our educational system or lack of educational system to teach our kids to what has actually happened. So we got to keep praying. We got to hopefully, as you said, Sammy's definitely an optimist. And we all need to be optimists because if we don't, if we fail, if Israel fail, that's it. As they say about the United States, if we fall, the rest of the world will fall. And we know that we have a lot of adversaries that are waiting to step up and take over. You've been listening to After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. My co-host tonight, Heather Robinson of the New York Post and Sammy Steigman. I want to thank him for coming on as our guest. And as my dear friend Andrew would always say, stand for something and, or fall for nothing. And that definitely holds true in this time that we're in. Good night, God bless, God bless America, and God bless Israel. Thank you.